Welcome to Talking Wow, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft, believe it or not. My name is Tom, and today we're going to be doing a bit of dreaming here on Talking Wow as we look back at 10.2, which featured the magnificent Emerald Dream. However, it would be a nightmare if it was just me and Marty here today recording this episode. So we have brought on a guest... We have content creator and streamer, Archmage Sar. Welcome on in to Talking Wow. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. And as mentioned, Marty is here as well. I mean, those puns alone is a nightmare. (laughs) I can't believe you said that. Anyway, let's get on with the show here. And Sar, I think, you know, to to get us started here, I, I think it might be nice just to ask you about what has your journey in Dragonflight been like so far? Because we know we all have a lot of opinions about Dragonflight. Some people are saying it's the best expansion ever. How has your journey been thus far in the expansion? It's a good question. Um, I think for me, I, I, I did think it was the best expansion ever when I first joined. Uh, when I first started in Dragonflight. Um, I wasn't very happy with how Shadowlands went down, so like very pleased to come into Dragonflight and see this fresh change of pace. Um, I don't know. The more the more I talk to, uh, I talk to my partner a lot about these sorts of things. The more I talk to like other people who play WoW, I have some like I guess conflicting views. Like it, it's a good expansion, it's fantastic, but I think it could still do maybe like a few things better. Shared reputation, right? Shared reputation could have done better with that. I would love shared reputation. <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> I know. Why Why did it come an expansion after that? That's just, you know, ruined mm. the whole expansion there. I, but... think that's, I think that's kind of the thing, like seeing all the things that are to come and the further we get into this expansion, you can see the new features being implemented. It's really nice to see that. But I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking nonsense at the moment. That's all right. That's what we, that's what we do here. That is talking about <laughs> in a nutshell. I mean, but I know what you're saying because I think, when stuff gets announced at BlizzCon and then you, you, you end up like looking ahead and being like, well, I, I wish we had that now because now it almost makes me not want to play the game because why would I want to go do transmog runs when I can't unlock all the transmog on all my characters at once? Thank you, Blizzard, for this for this dilemma. But we, we've moved through the the patches here and, you know, we've we've gone to the Dragon Isles. We've, we've reunited the, the Dragon Flights and then we've you know, we've headed to Avarice and we've sorted out the black dragons and their daddy issues. And then after all of that, we head finally to the Emerald Dream. And 10.2 brought us into this this situation in the game where the New World Tree is being grown in the Emerald Dream, Amidrasil. And finally, finally, Marty, we as players get to go to the emerald dream because isn't it something that like you've wanted since the very beginning of warcraft oh i don't know if i wanted it since the beginning of world War, warcraft um but it's definitely something that's been on the to-do list you know uh bucket list want to go to the emerald dream uh we those of us who've read the books have been reading about it uh for a while so so yeah wanted to go there uh, it's off the bucket list i thought it was going to be greener you know, to be honest, they always said like, you know, you go in there, it's going to be green everywhere. If, if, um, I, if I have to nitpick about something, 
Um, and I obviously I know that they cannot do that, but as the scribe, the Emerald Dream should look like how Asgard would look like without any interference or without you know it being broken up in parts and bits like that. And funny enough, the part of the Emerald Dream that we goes into looks very much like part of the real world. So you know, small thing there, Blizzard, that you can think about. Uh, but I obviously do understand the limitations to that. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them off with that because I don't, I don't know about you two, and maybe we can start with Sar here, but. My first impressions, like stepping through that portal and seeing the dream come to life. I mean, it was a dream. Was it a dream for you, Sar? It was. It was absolutely stunning. But then on the flip side, the more I, the more I explore the Emerald Dream, the more I'm just like, it's it's not the best. Um, it is absolutely gorgeous. But I keep bumping into trees whenever I'm flying. It just, <laughs> it is a problem. Yeah. And it's a problem. It's a problem of all those those roots and you know <laughs> dragon riding has made its way into the emerald dream as well there's no shaking that off and yeah definitely you know the early the early hours in the emerald dream it was like oh my god like the roots on this tree this you know this is not great this is not great for flying um but i think you get you get used to that do you marty you know you're you're the the dragon riding expert here in talking wild <laughs> Good, good. I mean, I keep flying around the bloody tree a few times before I realize I need to go like a level up or down or whatever. I, I've never really figured it out. That's also like a small uh, hole between some branches. You can fly in and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of the encampment. Not quite sure. <laughs> I, I keep flying around it. Um, so I actually think I'm with, with San is that uh, flying around and get to the camp can be some trouble sometimes. One of the things though, and I don't know if you both noticed this, was, you know, we talk about dragon riding here and a lot of people actually do have issues with that. They find it, you know, quite hard to maneuver. It, it, it can, you know, cause motion sickness and, and things like that. And uh, early on in, in one of the quests, and I actually discovered this totally by accident, but you had to like, I think, fly around and collect some things in the sky or you had to fly and knock some dragons off or something. And there was actually an NPC you could speak to that would mount you on just like a like an, an AI NPC controlled dragon and it would just fly around and do the objectives for you by itself. And I thought that was actually pretty neat that they put that in because, you know, of what we're saying, some people have like just control issues of their dragon. Some people, you know, haven't learned how to train their dragon at all. But, um, you know, just having having little accessibility features like that, I think, you know, that's something I, I noticed early on. I think it's in a in a few quests as well. So uh, good, good job. Good job on that, Blizzard. I usually, I've been doing that on alt, just start the event and then go get a cup of tea or something like that and then come back and then the quest had finished. It's amazing. I feel like it's almost, you know, the way we don't use flight masters anymore. It's just like, okay, well, the flight masters are taken over here, you know, we're we're giving giving them a job again. When was the last time you took a flight flight path, Sar? Yeah, yeah. I have to think about that. It's been quite a while. Exactly. See what I mean? We're, we're doing those out of a job. I think I I, uh, I maybe took one to um what is it? Ascara. Well, you do the um the feast thing. Oh, Azure. Yeah. Yeah. I took one down there just because I was feeling a little bit lazy one day. I didn't want to fly all the way down. And I think that's fine. You know, we've got to we've got to keep 
those flight masters doing something because if we don't then I don't know they're going to walk off and then we're going to miss them I, I normally do that as well when I go down there just because I hate that flight because it's ma- mainly upwards so I always just get on the flight path go get a cup of tea you see there's a theme here but actually last time I used a flight master was probably an hour ago oh wow look at you exactly look at you being relevant Almost exactly so yeah. So yeah, we we enter in, into the dream, and obviously the big narrative here is Farak. Farak, no, Farak doesn't want to burn the tree, Marty. Farak wants to imbue the tree. Is that right? Imbue the tree? That just sounds very weird. With uh, fiery nastiness, and you know, basically make the tree his own. And well, we get in there, and Farak, I think, has finally become the like the ridiculous baddie here, where. You've, you've basically got all the aspects and Farak shows up bellowing, you know, I could deal with you now. However, I'm going to fly off and basically reveal my plan to you and you can come and stop me from doing that. And I think, Marty, like we've, we've talked a lot about Farak and Farak being, you know, quite a, quite a good villain in Dragonflight. Do you think... At this point, it's it started to unravel a little bit, and Farak is just making like ridiculous choices and, and becomes a bit of a I don't want to say silly, but you know what I mean. Just you know, it, it, it's almost like a cartoon villain at this stage. I mean, I think it's definitely you know, there's always those jokes about you know a monologuing villain, and then they could you know while they're monologuing, they get uh, uh, beaten, you know, and it it feels like. <laughs> It feels like that's sort of like what's happening here. Um, and I think that's probably a theme for, for Dragonflight overall as well, that I feel like there's a good story there, but we're moving through it so quickly that, you know, we don't really get time to set up all these different uh, characters uh, like 100% and all of a sudden one of them is on our side and the other one turns out to be the villain and the third one is gone. Um, so... So I could definitely see some issues uh, that I hope uh, that we won't have going forward. What do you think, Sar? Do you think Varak's one of the one of the best villains we've had in Warcraft? I mean, that's that's quite a large question. But do you think Varak's <laughs> been a good enough villain for Dragonflight? Let's let's keep it keep the boundaries <laughs> in place here, Tom. Uh, I think it's a it's a nice change of pace. Um, I mean, if you think about like coming from Shadowlands, the story there was kind of all over the place um and i think it's nice to just have this this one villain that we can focus on and it's really it's really like straightforward motivation and you can see how he got there and how he's kind of descended into madness um maybe it's not the best writing but it it is nice and easy to understand which can be quite refreshing yeah that's not too much uh, 5d chess involved in this one yeah yeah, it's just like a nice game of sticks and ladders, isn't it? Just, you know, you know what you got to do, you know what you got to go, and you know what you're getting, basically. And I think, you know, probably my issue with, with 10.2 and Farak was he's always been sort of building up to, to be this, you know, this great villain. And when he had, like, a Riddacron there and Viranov, it seemed like they were controlling him and actually pointing him in the right direction of what to do. And to be honest, the more I thought about this, now that Eridacron is not there and Viranop has switched sides, you really see, you know, an unhinged Farak 
you know, ultimately unhinged frack with absolutely no guidance or common sense. So in my mind, I'm sort of using that as an excuse for Farrakh not making the best decisions. You know, there's a part where I think Farrakh's trying to break through the ward into a Midrasil, and he says something like to to one of his like major domos, like, you want me to use my power to break in here? Uh, you know, you do it. And then, you know, five minutes later, Farrakh is using his own power uh, to break the ward, which, you know, he could have done a bit earlier, right? So it's just those little inconsistencies, I think, that sometimes makes you, I don't know, raise a question. Is this just what we, we should be used to with, with these kind of villains? I mean, I, I one thing that I do like, though, is, is because we didn't mention him briefly, was Iridicon. I do like that we actually do follow him as well, and he's being set up for something you know, further down the line, because I think that is something that I especially has been, you know, wanting that it's not just you know let's go into this new expansion get introduced to all these new uh characters and then kill them all off in in, in one expansion i like that does something for the future as well yeah no absolutely and i think you know there's there's no real mention of it Eridocron anymore but you know you know that's gonna that's gonna pop up again at a, a later time i suppose and the the other the other hand there that we mentioned Viranov, we actually got to do a few more quests and get to know, you know, a bit more about Viranov, which I thought was was really cool because Viranov like turn coded on Eridocron and Farak at one point and it felt like it was maybe too soon, but I feel like I don't know about you, Marty, did you feel like the quests in ten point two sort of flesh that out a little bit and maybe their like Viranov's motives for turning against Farak as well. I mean, yeah, but it's nice to to follow her and and see get her get to know her a little bit better because obviously we only had two, I believe, cinematics where one where she's, you know, close to turning and then a second one where she actually turned to to our side. So it was actually nice to get to know her a little bit more. Um and that's like but it it again sort of plays into what I said earlier that it definitely feels like the story is a little bit on the lighter side uh, and I I would have personally loved to just you know before she actually turned and, and uh, to our side that we actually you know got to interact with her a little bit more to get to know her then in, instead of after but it, it's definitely nice to to you know do some quest and, and see what the character is about yeah and it's you know it's been it's been a journey that we've we've sort of been with these primal incarnates and you know we we didn't release them from the you know the vault in the first raid but we we've seen them we've seen that just that like you say sar that the simplicity of this story is we've got to see them be released in the first raid the story's continued on and now we're just it feels like we are just like rounding that off nicely and where we go from here i you know i don't know but it feels like just when you look at Dragonflight as a you know a start and an end, does it feel like they've actually achieved that in an expansion? Like they've actually told a story this time? Yeah, I I think it's I think um so my take on Dragonflight as a whole is that I think they're trying to make up for the mistakes made in like Battle for Azeroth and Shadowlands so that they can start fresh with the war within. And I think Dragonfly has been a really nice way of doing that because it is just 
that nice simple story from start to finish i hope it continues um to be like that because i know this is going to be the last the last raid but there are future patches planned i believe um so i hope that whatever comes next to kind of bridge that gap between this and the wall within i hope that it continues to make sense and be nice and simple and easy to follow yeah and i think i actually think you you hit on a a key thing there is is almost like a reset of just yes this this is starting something but it's you know we're wrapping up the story here but it is starting something and that's how i've actually felt about this patch because one of the i guess the big talking point and let's go there let's address that elephant in the room where we had a a cinematic here where you know it's it's the tide turns you know Farak is is facing off with Alex Straza he you know he's he's got that legendary axe marty that you know you're going to reroll a a warrior for and he's just about to end Alex Straza he's just about to finish it you know he's he's about to take Alex Straza out and suddenly was it Frawl's axe appears and you know hits the axe and Farak looks up and there we see you know everyone we see almost the whole of azeroth we see all the like renowned factions that we've helped the the tuscar the nithin we we see jaina we see Bra, we see a Turalian. did we see Turalian there as well i think we did and we have this moment where alex straza basically just says you know i'm not alone the, the whole of Azeroth is standing against you. And there's been a lot of talk about this of being like ridiculous, cheesy. Uh, Sar, I want to know, have you seen that cinematic? What did you feel like? I have seen it. Um, I literally, I watched it last night in preparation for this because I figured it would come up. Um, <laughs> I do I do think it's cheesy. Um, I think, I mean, the fact that half the people that have stood there can't really do anything because it's very obviously arranged encounter that's going on and like you see Turalyon just stood there with his sword and he, he he can't do anything really it's cheesy but it is nice to see that everyone's there and kind of coming back around to that because we haven't really got to know what they've been doing this expansion yet it is nice to have everyone back in one place what, what about you marty i know you've got some strong opinions about this <laughs> cinematic oh really uh I, I didn't know i had strong opinions about that i you know what? I like cheesy. I I thought it was cheesy, but I I was just mm, eating all the cheese while I was drinking some wine. Oh, it it's I I like it when everyone is coming together like that because I mean you could even say that the Avengers when it happened there that was cheesy as well. But you know it's it's it it fit the the story that they wanted to tell, and this one fits the story that they tried to tell with Dragonfire as well. And you know what? I'm I'm there for it. I I like it. I that's my strong opinion that uh, there there should be room for some cheese as well. Sometimes, I, my like <laughs> first impression, I thought it was ridiculous. I was honestly, I was just like, this is so silly. Like I can't believe it. I can't believe this moment of like Farak and Alexstrasz is ending like this. However, <laughs> however, after that cinematic. You go into a quest where you have to take, is it Scenarius' buff or something? And you have to like blow a horn beside, you know, various allies and get them, you know, inspired. And actually at that point, I was very much in love with what had just happened because 
like I mentioned, you saw all the, you know, the Tuscar were there. They were fighting. The Niffin, I like totally forgot about the Niffin. The Niffin were above ground and they were fighting. They were helping. Frawl was there. Even Cenarius was there. And a great little moment. And they've, they've, they've managed to put like little, like fun things in 10.2 where you have this Cenarius is buff. And you walk over to Cenarius, you blow the horn. And Cenarius is like, well, you know, thanks for that. That's my own buff. I didn't really need it, but thank you anyway. I think that it's also like, because that's a such seeing all these characters coming back together is such a heartfelt moment that's a very positive high note that we are getting to i don't know so if you if you saw the quest before that the quest that leads up to this you see you start out at the camp where alex Strasser is there and basically being told that she needs to stay at the camp because you know she needs to heal the wounded and you do do some quests you come back you see that there are some injured people there and there's blood on the ground Alex Strasser is healing them and then you get some new quests to go out and you come back and or now there's more people who's wounded some dead and there's blood everywhere and yeah and when I was playing through that I was like I was noticing that I, I was saying that you know oh this is you know this is how war would be you know when you are fighting someone will get hurt so I do feel like when you put it when when you put those things next to each other you're working through all this or oh, this is looking you know like shit are we actually going to get through this? And then you get to that very heartfelt, little bit cheesy moment afterwards that, yes, we did do it. I think when you put that next to each other, it actually, you know, balances out a, a little bit more, perhaps. And that's a really good point, to be honest, because, like, I I just watched that cinematic on its own, but I'm sure in the context of everything else that's going on around it, it does make a lot more sense. It's hard to judge something when you've just seen the one thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, just watching that on its own, you you, you need the context of, of where that's that's being dropped. And again, even though I, I was experiencing it in game, I still was very much like, oh, like really? This this is the where they're going? But the more I think about it, it's like, okay, we're reintroducing these characters again. We've got Jaina, we've got Thrall, you know, we've got, you know, everyone here. And it's sort of that refresh point, I think, where yes dragonflight has been a you know almost a self-contained story and now it will just serve as you know it was it wasn't even chapter one i don't think i think it was more just like you know this is the prologue chapter it just gets you gets you somewhere where we need to be now for the war within and i think you know in in that regard it's it served a purpose i i'm sort of comparing it to final fantasy 14 has a beach expansion coming out where apparently they've dealt with all the big frats and they're just going to chill out for, you know, an expansion. You know, there'll probably be some people up to no good. But I feel like Dragonflight maybe was just World of Warcraft's beach expansion where they got to have a bit of fun. They got to, you know, not have a completely world-ending threat. Although one might say Farak controlling the world tree wouldn't have been good. However, it when you look at like what we've had in the past with the old gods and, you know, someone trying to stick a sword in the planet you know that's pretty bad right so it it definitely feels like the fret level was dropped a little bit in regard and i don't know like how do you feel sar about just that i suppose how do you feel about those fret levels like do you always want something so dramatic or are you happy with like these smaller narratives i i am very happy with this i mean also the the thing that i first loved about dragonfly was playing through and getting to the little well daycare i 
absolutely adore that because it's so nice to see just like a normal everyday thing where we've been going from like villain to villain and old gods and all of that it's really nice to just take a step back and go i can take care of some little baby dragons this is awesome yeah and that's that's like really important as well because it's like obviously you know nurturing those whelps and they're going to be like the future of you know the future leaders and such like i think you know it is nice to just get that little break away from you know the the horrors of you know like you say marty like that that quest you saw it not everyone's going to see what you saw there but little things like that can have an impact and it's like yes this this was a battle this was a war and you know that's that could be tiring when that's all you're ever doing is you're constantly swimming upstream and i think dragonflight has had some nice downtime moments even in the emerald dream where you've got farak flying around constantly reminding you that uh you know he's a fret you can go out and plant some seeds can you you can uh grow some trees and uh you know head off on the super bloom and things like that and you know i think you know just in general that's been it's been a nice vibe in the emerald dream despite the fact that the you know there's a there's a war going on there too I have to say, I can't I can't even begin to explain how much time I wasted just running around and planting seeds rather than getting over the campaign quest. It took me so long to get onto it. I was having so much fun. And I, I mean, I, I totally get it because that, that is, is what I've been doing as well on, on multiple multiple characters as well, where story quest, oh, screw that. I need to plant some seeds over here and, and <laughs> get some stuff done. Um, but no, but I really think that one thing that We've seen a little bit in, in, in this expansion as well that sometimes uh, you need to see things, especially the, the cinematics, you need to see them in in uh, that context because I think we had it in the previous patch as well where we saw the cinematic after the, uh, the raid and then we were like, was that it? But when I actually got in there, uh, played through the raid and you finished that off, you get a new quest afterwards that leads you back in um, and then there's some more, you know, some quests and more things happening that actually, you know, rounds everything off very, very nicely. So when you take all that in context, then it works really, really well. And I feel like the ending to this patch has, they're doing the same thing. If you haven't, you know, played through and, and killed the last boss, you won't, I don't think you'll get that last quest yet. Uh, and that there actually is another, another quest. So I think a lot of people are looking at that last cinematic from the raid and being like, hey, is that it? But then there's actually like a whole quest line afterwards that sort of like ends everything off very nicely. So so I don't know. It, it, do you feel like that's a good thing or a bad thing that that uh, you know that the cinematics might not you know tell everything? I I absolutely hate it when um, when you have to play through the raid to get to the full story. Um, Mostly because I just, I struggle to get a raid group together. I hate pugging because I just, I don't like playing with strangers. I like playing with my friends. But then to get all of my friends available at the same time for a raid is really awkward. Uh, So to then have to play through the raid to get the story, it becomes really, really difficult for me to like fully understand what's going on sometimes. I would much rather have a way to kind of skip the raid whilst also retaining that story because i don't think raids should be kind of forced on players we don't have time to go into the end cinematic in a midrasil that would be a whole another episode but i mean i think 
I think it's safe to say it was a bit light. It was a bit light when you look back at something, you know, like the fall of Arthas or something like that there, where you got this whole, you got to, you saw Arthas die. You, you got to see the new Lich King being born, so to say. And you, you got a lot of dialogue there to give you some perspective of what's going on. The Dragonfly one was, you know, basically, hey, we're all friends here and it, it's all it's all good. And it was just very much like, I don't know if that's that's satisfactory. I, you, you feel like you maybe want to see Farak in that as well, since that's who they were fighting. But again, maybe a discussion for another day. But uh, yeah, the... The Emerald Dream has has been an experience. There, there's a lot, a lot to go through there as well. And I think, I know myself. I'm, I'm still going to be spending a bit of, bit of time in there farming renown. I didn't do the optimized way to get my renown to twenty, so I would only have to spend two days in the Emerald Dream. I'm, I'm very much enjoying the, uh, the landscape enough to, uh, you know, farm out some dailies and uh, stay, stay in there for a while because you know it's, it's not going anywhere. We're, you know, we're, we're still quite a little while away from the the next expansion i think i'm just uh i'm just in the same place as you i have a lot to do still i've had a really buzzing november so i've still got a lot of things to do in game and i'm very much looking forward to seeing where it goes that's what we thought but what about you listener what do you think of 10.2 in the emerald dream are you having a wonderful time or is it to reuse this pun for the third time in this episode a nightmare you can let us know in the places that you do that. And we want to thank Archmage Sar for joining us on the show today. And we'll have all of Archmage's links in our show notes. But thank you so much for being here today, Sar. Thank you for having me. It's been honestly amazing. I've been Tom. That's been Marty. That's been Archmage Sar. And we've been talking wow. Now it's time to go plant some seeds. Thanks for tuning in, champion! Did you enjoy this episode of Talking Wow? If so, why not drop a review on your podcast catcher of choice or leave us a comment? You can find Talking Wow on Twitter or YouTube over at Talking Wow. Hope to see you again soon!